sunshine bitches welcome back to another episode of just a quick pinch i'm your host connie wang Alrighty, you guys so i am so happy because as i am recording this you guys spring has finally sprung the sun is shining in my apartment i'm so excited because the weather is finally getting better here in boston the days are getting longer my allergies are getting worse but we're just we're ignoring that i just feel like the world is starting to like finally go through that lovely like defrosting phase where we're starting to act like winter was actually worth it to go through um because like now we're enjoying the splendidness of spring so yeah anyways today's episode is going to be a really interesting one it is with med student slash soon-to-be pediatric resident slash like signed legit model um slash gorgeous human being slash overall just really cool human being um we have future dr mara seat here so we talk the behind the scenes of what modeling is like for her how she got into it and balanced that with med school the reality and the behind the scenes of pediatrics and all that good stuff but first things first we got our hot girl huddle so hit it editing connie Alrighty, you guys, so first things first, we have our healthcare horoscopes or our tarot cards of the week. Let me just give these a shuffle shuffle. Alrighty, I feel like this one on the top is a good one. Our card of the week is the reversed temperance card. Alrighty, you guys, so the words of the week are imbalance, excess, self-healing, and realignment. Okay, they really had us in the first half, but I feel like the last two words in that are good. So... (laughs) If you have recently experienced a period of excess, the temperance reverse is your invitation to restore balance and moderation as soon as possible. Maybe you've been overeating, regularly drinking, buying things you can't afford. These activities are taking you farther away from who you are and what you are here to do. This can also reflect a period of self-evaluation where you can re-examine your life priorities. Similarly, this card can be a call for profound self-healing. By creating more balance and moderation in your life, you open up the possibility for such healing to occur. I know I've been talking about this for literally weeks and weeks and weeks now, but I feel like I've been just slowly recovering from all the stress and anxiety of like CDCA that like now I'm finally at a place where I'm starting to focus more on like eating healthy, and like working out more oh I remember I told you guys like a couple weeks ago that I was going through this like fitness lull but I'm happy to report that increasing the amount of weights that I'm lifting and like decreasing the reps has definitely helped a lot with me staying more motivated and finding working out more fun also I'm gonna sign up to take more hot yoga classes through core power which I used to love doing first year and then like quarantine happened and we couldn't anymore but I'm happy to report that I am getting back into fitness so if you guys have gone through like a similar lull I can definitely recommend increasing Increasing the amount of weight that you're lifting and decreasing the reps that totally helped me but yeah anyways that is our tarot reading of the week now on to my eyes and o's my ins and outs of the week Alrighty, you guys so this week for my in of the week you guys she a hiking girl now okay so this weekend jimmy and i randomly decided we wanted to take ellie on this really nice hike and at first i was actually really grumpy because i didn't want to go and i was like really sleepy as per usual but i realized i actually love short length high intensity hikes like i would way rather do a super like fast but like steep exciting bouldery climby kind of hike that only takes like 45 minutes to get to the top rather than doing like a leisurely walking trail for hours and hours like i feel like doing this short burst of like high intensity hike just makes me feel so productive it feels really like an exciting adventure it honestly feels like doing a like a like nature's jungle gym (laughs) which is like so nerdy of me, but like it was just so fun. We heard so many bird noises and like the frogs were like chirping, making that cool noise. We, I, I legitimately, you guys, 
I legitimately saw a babbling brook. Like it was like straight out of a Disney movie, like the way that the brook babbled. Um, and hiking is something I actually used to really enjoy as a child. Like my dad used to always take me on like these hikes. I feel like I grew up every family vacation doing hikes. Like this is actually a part of like my childhood, but I honestly lost touch with it as an adult. So I literally felt like my inner child was so happy this week. I Like I literally was transported back in time to when I used to like explore in the woods with my dad. I used to always have like a walking stick. And it's just funny because we went into it being like, oh, this is for Ellie. We want to take Ellie, my dog, my puppy, for anyone new that's listening. We want to take Ellie on this trip for her to enjoy. And then by the time we got back to the car, I was like on a high. I was like texting 10 different people being like, I love hiking and like spreading the news that like, have you guys heard of this thing called hiking? Like, um, and now I've decided like, I just really want to lean into this. Like, I want to learn how to like identify different types of mushrooms and like memorize bird calls. Like, I'm just full sending this character development. Like, this is a new little character development to add to the plot of Hiker Connie. And yeah, honestly, the way that I described it was after I went on this hike, it only took like maybe an hour and a half. Well, I guess two hours when you consider like the commute to getting to the hike. But it was just such a short burst of like fun. Um, and I felt like it was like a deep massage, but for my soul. Like I literally like left that parking lot being like, wow, I feel so rejuvenated. So hopefully I can do that again. Um, and this won't turn out like every other time that I say that I enjoy something and then I like never go back to doing it again. <laughs> i.e. like bowling. Um, that was fun, but we still haven't gone back since then. So yeah, this is something that I highly recommend. And you guys, like it's not like Massachusetts has like the craziest mountains. So I definitely recommend wherever you guys are, if you can just like find an area to walk outside in nature, take in the sights, the sounds. It was just like really transformative. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. And then my out of the week. <sighs> you guys, it, I say this with a heavy heart. I regret to inform you guys. My out of the week is eyelash extensions. Okay, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you guys know I was so excited. I got myself eyelash extensions as a treat for passing CDCA. I always said I wanted to do them. And I love how I look with long eyelashes. Um, but you guys, it just, it, it wasn't for me. I swear the second I got my eyelash extensions on, even though I liked how they looked, I think because of my monolids and how my eyelashes are very sparse to begin with. Um, when I was a kid, I used to have a habit. I think I had like picotrilomania or something where I would like pull my... Uh, eyelashes out out of like a nervous habit so because of that my eyelashes are very very sparse um, and for those of you guys that don't know in order to put on eyelash extensions they have to put the extensions onto your natural lash so to begin with I didn't have much lash going on my lashes weren't lashing also on top of that like I said my monolids my eyelashes grow downwards so they just like really droop and basically my eyes always felt heavy I kind of always had a constant headache um, and I always kind of wanted to nap because the eye it's basically as if like dark curtains sparse curtains were covering my eyes um so like literally I swear my aura has been off ever since I've just spiritually felt off ever since I got my eyelashes on I just felt this like lack of excitement to do anything I was sleepy all the time I was just like in a trance basically like I didn't feel super sad but I also didn't feel super happy I was just like kind of it was as if these lashes make me made me nap while I was awake for the last like week and a half and I noticed something was off I was like why am I not feeling motivated anymore as a senioritis like why am I just feeling so meh and then I realized I was like wait I feel like these lashes are like sedating me. Yeah, so like why get benzos when you can just get eyelash extensions, you know? Anyways, I put two and two together. I decided to get them off and you guys, I have never felt better. I've never felt like more of a baddie and my eyelashes have also never been shorter. They definitely like made my lashes damaged. But you guys, I've really never felt better. And I feel like this is such an age old like cliche thing, but beauty is truly like from the inside because I really thought like, 
having long eyelashes would make me feel so self-confident and all that. No, they just sedated me. I got too sleepy. It made the world dark. Now I feel better than ever. I feel like a baddie. And you know why? It's because I can actually see what is going on in the world. I can see like on a very basic level what is happening right in front of my eyes, which you know what? Don't take that for granted, you guys. Baddies can have short eyelashes too, okay? You know what? I'm just I'm just really proud of myself for recognizing that. And oh my God, it has never felt better. Like I can rub my, I'm, rub, I'm rubbing my eyes right now. I can rub my eyes whenever I want. I can like scrub them in the shower. When I wake up, I feel like I have so much more energy. I literally feel like I just woke up from a week and a half nap because um, I only had them for like a week and a half. So anyways, this is just a reminder for any of you guys out there. Beauty is truly... <laughs> your ability to function in the world. Like self-confidence is truly if you can see what's going on. And so I'm so happy I finally have my eyelashes extensions out. Um, I might try to do an eyelash lift. A lot of you guys recommended doing that because it's more about lifting your existing eyelashes than adding length or anything on them. For now, I'm just gonna try, I got some eyelash serum. So I need to grow these, these little bad boys out again because they are quite sparse and short now. Anyways, that's all I have for my eyes and nose, my ins and outs of the week. Now onto the last section of Hot Girl Huddle Spit Talk. Alrighty guys, so for Spit Talk, the job hunt is going. I haven't signed anything yet. I'm still chatting with a few practice owners. Overall, everyone's just been really nice. It really just has felt like dating because I'm just in the process of like meeting people, waiting to hear back, um, like just kind of seeing like what kind of a connection we have. And I feel like with meeting people, you can always benefit from networking and you never really know what a connection will bring you. So that's why I'm like really doing my part and like giving everyone a chance, meeting everyone that I've spoken to. Um, what I'm really looking for in my first job is I just want to find a place where I feel like I like the people around me. Like I want to feel supported by the people around me on my team. I want to feel like I'm providing good care to like the community around me. And overall, I'm just like less driven by the money of it at all. And I just really want to find like a special place that I feel like is a good fit. So a lot of this has to do with like meeting people actually on paper or not not on paper uh in in real life and like that gut instinct so yeah I don't know if maybe like these are just super high expectations for a first job but I feel like I'm slowly but surely attracting the right people so all in all um no updates yet but things are moving along so yeah anyways I'll let you guys know once I actually sign something for the job hunt but that is all I have this week for hot girl huddle now on to the main episode also my sincerest apology you guys I know that the audio is still a little funky um in the beginning of this I promise you guys it's only for the first like six minutes of the audio I promise you guys the rest of the conversation the audio sounds better it's just the first six minutes that it sounds a little bit wonky I tried to edit it as much as I could but now onto the main episode So I saw from your TikTok that you're planning on becoming a NICU physician. So for anyone that doesn't know, NICU stands for neonatal ICU. So let us know, first of all, like what made you interested about pursuing NICU versus all the different other pediatric specialties? Yeah, definitely. So when I was a third year med student applying for rotations, I knew I wanted to experience the NICU because I love procedures. I love like critical care patients, but I, you know, wanted to test it out, obviously, and a lot of residency programs, you don't do NICU until the second year, and then PEDS is only a three-year residency, so you kind of have to decide by second year what you want to do, so I wanted to make sure I got exposure to it in med school before starting residency. I'm a huge math person. I love, like, math and science-based evidence, and 
what's best for me is to get really good at like a subsect of diseases instead of like knowing like for instance primary care like family medicine where you have to know like a little bit of everything NICU there's five main diseases that come through the NICU um, there's always new research going out of, about like birthing um, babies more prematurely and long-term consequences of of being born at like 22 weeks instead of full term and um, and how like the different actions we take to treat them may affect them later on in life. And I think that I'm just a very curious person and I love research. I know that's like a any med student like would say that, but I, <laughs> I think it's so fun to like figure out why I'm doing the things that I'm doing to treat the babies um, and I would love to continue to do that for the rest of my career. So I think the NICU is a good place for me, especially when they're that premature, they rely on something called, what we would know, TPN probably. Um, it's like total mm -hmm. um, parenteral nutrition, which is you calculate like how much amino acids they get and how um, like the fat percentage and and all of that so it's very math based it's very science based and I can give families evidence based on what we know to um, help prolong the life of their little one which I think is amazing plus you get to hear back from families one day like about their child like going to preschool and them being so happy and I just really think it's a best fit for me knowing that I'm very logical and science-based, and I love little babies, so. <laughs> I feel like that specialty is probably really unique in that usually in medicine, like, you're treating your patients, but, like, with peds, for example, it's kind of like you're working so closely with the parents rather than just, oh, yeah. um, like, like, the patient, especially in this case since, like, they're so young. How do you handle, though, um, is it ever, like, sad? Because obviously, like, the last thing that you would want is for your infant to like be in that situation yeah unfortunately there's a lot of sad situations in the NICU like parents abandoning their child I didn't know this but <gasps> you have like a, a certain amount of days to like say you don't want your child anymore and what? so you can actually like return them to the hospital up to like 20 something 27 days or something and a lot of them um, end up back in the NICU because their parents can't handle like either like uh, giving them oxygen at home or feeding them through a G-tube or something like that and end up just like, you know, being abandoned, which is really sad. And then a lot of times the babies come in with like adopted parents or, you know, they don't have a name yet. So it, I think it, a lot of it is making light of the situation and knowing there are a lot of parents that do really, really care about their child, which is like the positive side of the spectrum being in the NICU like the parents get especially in pediatrics we do like parent um, or family-centered learning so they get to be a part of like all the decisions that the physicians make about the baby and you know a lot of the attendings will open up options to the parents and say we can treat this retinopathy of prematurity in two different ways um, here's the risks and benefits of both. Which one would you prefer? Because this is, you know, your baby. So it's definitely hard because you are handling a lot of emotions with parents and stuff as well. But 
I think it's also rewarding in that way because you get to connect like with the parent about like the most fragile emotional part of their life probably ever. Um, and it's a really beautiful thing to be able to connect with them. That is like so powerful because I totally did not think about that at all because it's kind of like you're right like as much it, as it is sad that they're in that situation it's kind of like a very powerful moment so if you are at least able to like make the best of it and like you know create some good for them then it's like all the more powerful because it's not just like fixing like a skin knee or something it's like a very memorable life yeah, event absolutely. so i kind of want to hear a little bit about the match process for you i just feel like the match sounds like so stressful and everything like that like i know that it always works out the way it's supposed to but i want to hear from your experience like what was it like like the ups and the downs the interviews all of that oh my goodness so stressful so i didn't apply to that many programs. Um, I knew I didn't really want to live in New York or like the Northeast very, very much. Um, and my family lives in the Midwest and in Florida. So I kind of wanted to stay around that area. I also love California and I did several of my like auditions and interviews out there. Um, but Realistically, I think it's probably a little far away and you know in residency you get like one day off a week and you can't really just like fly home for a day and spend it with your family. So I applied more places that I knew I would be closer to family, which is best for me. Um, but the interview process was terrifying. Peds is still all virtual, so I feel like I connect best with people when I meet them one on one. So I was really afraid of not being able to make any connections through Zoom. Um, and, you know, it's it's so impersonable to, like, sit in front of a screen of, like, a bunch of candidates and everybody's, like, fake smiling. And, oh, <laughs> and you have to, like, do that for, like, eight hours because PEDS interviews are so long sometimes. Thankfully, some of them are short, too. But I think I did 13 interviews um, and then with each of those interviews, you have like a social event where the residents talk to you without any of the program directors about, you know, what really are the, the pros and cons of the program. And um, you can kind of ask any questions. And it's not really like forced that you go, but it's for your benefit that you go. And I would like sit there and write down all the information so that now when I'm making decisions and stuff that I know exactly what was going through my mind at that time. And that's my biggest piece of advice is either to keep like a Google Doc of all your thoughts during interview day or to like write a journal of like your thoughts and feelings. Because a lot of it at the end of the day is your connection with the program and like your vibe. Do you feel like you connected with those people. And PEDS in specific, like, a lot of the programs offer pretty similar stuff. Like, you know, you have, like, global health outreach, and you get a continue like, a, like, an outpatient clinic, basically. And um, it's just if you want to be, like, in a children's hospital or, like, an adult hospital that has a children's floor or something like that. Um, but... Overall, I would say, like, a lot of the programs offer pretty similar things. It's just more of, like, the feeling that you get from the residents and if they're happy. And there's silly little stuff like, is the food good? Do you have to pay for parking? And what are the hours like? And do you connect with your attendings? And do you feel like, you know, you're enjoying residency and all that stuff? But I really wanted to make sure 
there was a few interviews that I had where I was like, oh my gosh, I do not feel like <laughs> I belong here whatsoever. Cross my fingers, I don't actually end up at one of those places, but <laughs> no, and I'll be happy if I match, you know, anywhere. Of course, I'll be very grateful. I turned in my rank list last week. <gasps> And I think I, I bugged my sister so much because I think I talked her ear off on, like, the pros and cons list of each and every program. And then having, like, a second person to hear me out was beneficial. And then she could, you know, tell me, like, oh, it sounds like you really like this program. Like, you should rank this the highest. And, of course, every program is going to have their their um, problems, too. And nobody's completely happy in residency, which is awful to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, like, true. Did you ever consider anesthesiology yourself? Truthfully, not really. I think I went into med school thinking I was going to do OBGYN or peds, and the second I got into the delivery room, I, like, I cry every single time a baby is born. Oh! I, it's so amazing. But <gasps> I knew I wanted to be a part of that moment. But figured that I was more interested in the neonatal care um, instead of the mom care. As much as I love moms, um, I just, like, there's something so precious about a newborn that I wanted to study more. So I decided to go the mm. peds route. When you were interviewing for these residency programs, so I didn't know, like, you interact with the other candidates. Is that, like, weird at all? Because you're kind of, like, all trying to be nice, but then also it's, like, kind of weird. I know. People are always showing off, too, so it's kind of just, like, <laughs> like dental school is like that, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I had three interviews with the same girl. <gasps> Stop, really? I'm, That's so funny. I'm not even sure how it happened because they were all in different months. It's not like they were, like, back-to-back -back or anything. And the third interview, I, like, turned on my camera and I saw her I was like, <gasps> so taken aback it's like why are we interviewing at all the same places <laughs> that's so funny oh my gosh imagine she's like your co-resident oh that would be so weird <laughs> wait do you want a program where you're gonna have um like more co-residents or less it's a good question I so peds in general has anywhere from like six or eight which is pretty rare to like 25, I would say. 25 is like a really big size program. There is one that's, or there's two that's like 40, and that's CHOP and Philly and Nicholas mm. and Miami. Um, I didn't want a program that big, but I also wanted it more than 10. So somewhere in the like 10 to 20 ish range i will be happy yeah that's like just enough where you can like meet lots of people have different like people to bounce your ideas off of but like not feel too intimidating because 25 seems like a lot that's like that's like an actual class i know and then some <laughs> some people in those big programs are like i've never even met like you know or like spent time with one of them so that's crazy while you were interviewing did you get any questions that like totally stumped you or that were just kind of like that's a new one that I've never heard. <laughs> I didn't expect people to bring up, like, the modeling thing during interviews. Um, mm. A few people were like, oh, I saw you've been modeling. And <laughs> it was hard for me because, like, I was like, oh, that's not what I want to focus on right now. But it is a big, you know, part of what makes me happy. So 
I did also want to share that like I had passions outside of um, just medicine and if you've ever talked to me or listened to my TikToks you absolutely know like a huge part of my belief is that being a physician shouldn't be your entire identity. It can be if that's your thing but for me should be able to be a human and a mom and a sister and a friend and not just a doctor at all times and I think some of the most burnout I've seen from doctors is they don't know how to separate their lives from the hospital and um, I want to have hobbies and um, be able to live outside of just doing medicine all day so it was it was cool to be able to show that in in the interviews and it was really cool that um, people actually like read my application because sometimes you get on there and you know that they like haven't read a single word of like your application and I get it like everyone is short on time but also if you really want a candidate to be there you would show them like you know that you're interested by knowing a little bit about them since we spent so much time on our applications and everything. One of the reasons why I wanted to interview you was just because I thought it was like really refreshing how you said like it's so important to be just like you as a person like Mara not Mara the doctor or Mara the model or anything like that. I feel like I, I had like a um what's it called? I had a revelation recently when I was in the shower. <laughs> um, I feel like when we're in middle school, you know how like people kind of go into like stereotypes. Like there's like, like the stuff. skater group. Yeah. Like the jocks, like people that like emo stuff, like all of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times it's because like, it's almost easier to lean into an identity than to actually authentically show up as yourself in the world. Cause that's kind of scary if it doesn't make sense. But most of us, like, everyone doesn't make sense. Everyone has, like, conflicting things that they like. We're all, like, nothing, no one's supposed to be, like, a stereotypical person, you know? Yeah. And I feel like people kind of take the same approach as adults with our careers, where we like to lean on that as an identity, because it's almost easier to be like, oh, I'm a doctor, that's all I do, whatever, yeah. than to embrace and, like, actually show up as ourselves in, like, the real world, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I've been able to interact with a lot of doctors who are leaning more towards that. And I think that'll help with wellness in general in medicine. And you're so right. It's, it's hard to choose to be like, I don't want to talk about medicine right now, you know? Because once you're in it, it's kind of like, it's kind of what I do all day, and, you know? But And I also feel like you kind of have to be, in order to survive, you have to be like so into it that like it kind of makes sense because yeah. i mean that's that's why you went into it and like no one can i i feel like everyone that goes down that route like you have to be so passionate about it to make it through those like 28 hour days yeah and truthfully when you get home and all i want to do is like lay in bed and you know read my book or whatever but i decided that my happiest version of myself wants to be able to go out and do things besides just being in the hospital so like picking up more hobbies and hanging out with friends and you know like modeling when I if and when I can um I don't know how that's gonna balance in residency I feel like more than more than likely it, it's probably gonna take a back seat but still just like showing up in different ways like creatively that's one of my favorite things about modeling is I'm a very like logical person like I said and that side of me kind of opens up the right side of my brain and that I get to express myself a little bit more. Um, same thing with like pottery or painting and it's just another way for me to let go a little bit because us very type A medical students kind of can be a little on edge sometimes. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I feel like school just like doesn't really teach us to reflect on like ourselves or like what we want. And I think also people kind of forget that like we change and evolve. Like you kind of can't really anticipate how you're going to change. So I feel like like the, the way that school is, it kind of puts you in this track. And then so it's like all of high school and college, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to med school or whatever. And then, you know, and then you end up there and then you're kind of like, whoa, like this has been my path for so long. But like, when did I even like choose this? It kind of just happened um, for like a lot of people too. Literally, that's exactly how I was feeling. What do you feel like was a struggle that you went through that wasn't necessarily like school or career related though? And you feel like it's really like shaped you into who you are? I guess during my first year of medical school, I uh, underwent kind of for the first time feeling what like a panic attack was like and like dealing I've never like dealt with like mental health before in the past and I think that it made me super passionate especially in kids now um, and in my practice now that kind of shaped me into the doctor that I want to be of like being able to have like really deep conversations with adolescents because they're really scared to approach approach those things and I you know really worked through myself on um, learning to trust myself more during that time and knowing that I can rely on myself was the biggest factor ever I had just you know ended a five-year relationship and um, I think my whole world was turned upside down because I always thought I was going to end up with this person and, um, and then med school drama and all of that on top of me I realized for the first time how valuable trusting yourself is and how much more capable our bodies are than we think we can handle um, and I think that all of that together like very much shaped me into being a more empathetic and compassionate physician one day um, and just individual in general like one of my favorite things is just like sitting and listening to people talk about something that they're super passionate about because it's it's so exciting to hear people like so excited for life and you know sometimes you just wish you had someone to like sit and listen to you rant about stuff and you know it's one of my favorite things to be able to do that and I think um picking up on those things during that really stressful time in my life helped me to calm down a lot and now doctors always say like you're very chill like you're the most like chill med student I've ever had and like I just realized during that time that Life is so beautiful and precious, and I want to be able to value it. And also, like, high-stress situations, it's the worst thing ever to freak out. So it's best to take a calm approach no matter what, I've realized. I'm obviously shortening the whole story right now, but probably one of the toughest times in my life. And just, like, really working through something alone for the first time. I really like what you mentioned about how all this was kind of centered around trusting yourself. Can you kind of elaborate on that relationship with trusting yourself and um, kind of how like panic attacks relate to that? Yeah, absolutely. Panic attacks feel like literally having like a heart attack. I mean, I've never had a heart attack, but it's so visceral. Like um, your mind is racing, your heart is racing, you know? your body's shaking and it's really your mind is so so powerful and um eventually learning to tell myself like during those moments where I was so freaked out like you know you're okay like you're in control of yourself you are stronger than these scary thoughts right now and you're able to like sit down and like being a logical person 
um, reminding myself of like facts, like um, just medicine related, uh, panic attacks never last more than 30 minutes. Um, and if they do, there's probably something else going on um, <laughs> that like on your own, you can control them, you know, just as well as any medication and learning to trust that your body is in that moment just uh, truly like afraid it's like the fight or flight response that's being overactivated and knowing that there are ways to calm yourself down and trusting yourself that okay I can do this I can like get over this moment and I don't have to be as scared as you know my body thinks I am in the moment so once you like recite the facts and know you know, I'm okay in my body, like, stress happens, this happens to everyone, and I think in the moment, a lot of people, especially, like, kids I've talked to, feel like, I feel like I'm going crazy in that moment, and it's good to remind yourself, like, you're not going crazy, like, your body is truly just on, in fight or flight, and our bodies are not meant to be, like, so high stress all the time, and unfortunately, med school pushes you to those limits a lot of times. Being able to recognize that as a boundary and a limit to not let yourself get there again or to take a step back and say, hey, maybe I need a day off and maybe I need to treat my body better because I am obviously overstressed right now. Um, and I think like learning to trust yourself that your gut instinct of, hey, you know, I don't want to go study with this group because I know that like I like will feel more comfortable studying alone and I study better alone. And that's totally okay. You don't have to, like, fit into every other med school, you know, uh, clique or anything that there is. And just recognizing your limits and also sometimes pushing your limits with, you know, I'm, a I'm afraid to do this. And testing your ability to say, you know, I am bigger than my fears. And that's just a thought. Like, a fear is, like, literally just a thought. And if you try to make that seem so small that like it doesn't matter at all helps you to realize oh like you know I I am able in my own body to do whatever I put my mind to um and I think that trusting yourself takes a really long time because sometimes your body tends to lead you astray especially if you've dealt with something like anxiety you tend to like shy away from certain activities because you know you don't feel good during that but in reality that's like a false belief that you can't do something when you really can. It's just your body reacting to a fear that you have. So I think if your mind is more powerful than those fears in the moment, you're really able to do anything. But it definitely takes a while. And I would say um, one of the biggest things for me in that moment is having mentors in life and people that you really trust to that know you from an outside perspective and say, this is the right path for you or this is like, you know, probably not your best choice and I always say the five people closest to you are a pretty good summary of who you are and who you want to be so if you feel like you're way more mature than everyone around you you probably don't have a very good support system and um, maybe you are a little immature on your own self I would say it's good to keep people in front of you and it's good to keep people who are at the same place as you beside you who can understand like what you're walking through and everything and it's also good to have mentees in med school to like be able to teach people what you're going through and 
be able to like reflect on your path i think i really appreciate you actually like opening up about yeah. every your whole experience with panic attacks and everything and i feel like even if you've never like physiologically experienced an, a panic attack i think a lot of people can relate at least with like having those kinds of feelings and like for me personally so like opening up a, a bit right before like literally like 10 minutes or 20 minutes before i hopped onto this call i was like crying to my fiance because i'm like really stressed about i have this like it's so stupid like in hindsight but i have like the last part of my licensure exam coming up oh my gosh in like two weeks oh good luck oh my gosh Thank you. And like, it's, it's a different kind of stress because um, it's very physical, like in your body stress, because it's not uh, taking an exam where you're answering questions. It's um, a practical style exam where you're drilling like fillings kind of and like they're being graded. Um, so like when you were saying like all of your symptoms of just kind of feeling like, I, I don't think I've ever had like a true panic attack, but I've had a lot of instances where I feel like almost like trauma from earlier on, like failing practicals yeah. and that kind of feeling of doom. The hardest part of this whole experience in dental school and in failing things like this has been learning to trust myself because it's like I'll practice and I'll do really, really well. But then the day of like the exam, my nerves will get to me and I'll like mess up and fail or something. And then that's really affected like my psyche of being able to trust myself because then it's like I go to practice and I think I'm fine and then I do the thing and then I fail you know what I mean yeah absolutely and that's so tough and in that moment of just being able to like calm yourself down and say like you know I practice I know how to do this I'm very capable of doing this I think you're gonna do amazing I know how stressful that is though yeah thank you yeah so you gave me such a good idea I was like I should literally like write affirmations mm -hmm. to keep like on my little workstation while I'm like practicing it because like I feel like when you said how you kind of like told yourself like I'm safe in my body mm -hmm. like that's a very good way to kind of like snap yourself into reality yeah like even if your mind is telling you like oh my god I'm freaking out like I'm gonna die like I'm gonna fail whatever you know like if you just remind yourself I am safe like I am very capable of getting through this then ease out and remind yourself that um things aren't as scary as they seem so like kind of speaking about like where your mind goes while you're modeling what are you thinking about are you like thinking about poses or are you kind of like feeling the vibe or <laughs> so i always play music and uh, really depending on what the mood of the shoot is i like to like get myself in the mood for different things so um a lot of modeling has to do with looks in the eyes, and I tend to have a very innocent look to me. I have, like, big doe eyes and, like, a very, like, big, goofy smile a lot of the times. But a lot of the times it needs to be more, like, serious shoots, so it really is, like, you have to, like, kind of stare at yourself in the mirror to figure this out. But when you think about something... Um, your like the expression in your eyes changes so much so learning to control like what you're thinking about during the shoot kind of helps so if they want more of like this is so i can't believe i'm saying this right now it's <laughs> okay um this like if they want a more like a sexy shoot sometimes you'll think about like uh, that person that makes you feel that way or like you know a scene in a movie that you like remember feeling like oh wow that that was like a really powerful moment and trying to like totally incorporate that into your like psyche and well-being um in the moment for the shoot um or just like thinking of like you know your crush i don't know 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, that is like actually so cool. Yeah. Because I feel like people always describe how modeling is so creative, but it's just so interesting how you can literally make like your face, your expressions, and your body like the canvas. Because you're not like it's, it it's like you are is. the art. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's the simultaneous people think like modeling is like it's a lot of like like thinking to do. Um, because you're also thinking about like what you're doing with your body in the moment and how like certain poses make you look and you know you need to hold your fingers this way and you need to like turn your body a certain way that and there's a lot of stuff going on at once but to get like the expression that they want to evoke out of you I definitely think sometimes photographers will even say like look like happier like there is a huge cake in front of you like you know (laughs) pretend like you're like about to eat like your favorite food and stuff so sometimes they will try to evoke like emotions out of you when you first started modeling was there anything that you thought was like really challenging I think all of it was challenging I Mm. didn't necessarily like having the spotlight on me um and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing and um it's like I don't have like the the right poses that you want and all all this stuff but um eventually it's just like practice makes perfect in in anything you do um you can try like with some friends at first and then once you feel like more comfortable in front of a camera just like remembering that moment of like you and your friends having fun and not Mm. not taking it so seriously I feel like you describing modeling I'm just like wow that sounds like one of the honestly like one of the hardest jobs because you have to be super like intuitive and receptive because it's not like it's not like just a photographer is telling you what to do it's like you're thinking about how to create what the photographer is telling you and then at the same time happen that day like with family or whatever and you have like this hidden like sadness or something you know Mm. a lot of times they can tell that like you know what's going on what do you think Oh my gosh. So then, yeah, you have to like mask that. And then also, I feel like a lot of it is probably like they're giving you instructions, you're responding, and then you're probably trying to like feed off of that. So it's a lot of like, like communication, like verbal, nonverbal also. Absolutely. Did you always like think about modeling before you started during COVID? And like, how did you get the first opportunity? I got scouted at a concert in Chicago when I was in college. And I didn't really think much into it because I was like, eh, you know, I'm busy. I want to get into med school, whatever. (laughs) And then I thought more about it and I have a lot of med school debt. So I was like, you know what? I might as well try. (laughs) And then I got connected with an agency and they're super sweet. A lot of people have really bad, you know, interactions with agencies and a lot of like eating disorders and stuff end up coming from that. But I could say no bad things about my agent and then eventually I also signed with a different agency and something is in the works for this summer before residency so I'm excited to, to hear what's gonna happen for my big summer off but oh my gosh I'm so excited that's like the coolest summer in between embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> when you're modeling is it the kind of thing where like the shoot takes all day or is it the kind of thing where you can pop in it it really depends on what you're shooting um for like uh brands that you're shooting a lot of the times it will be like at least you know because there's other models too so you like kind of take turns especially you know they're shooting something or you're shooting together it's kind of like a nine to five thing 
and they'll feed you. Mm. They'll feed you too, which is nice. But if you're just doing like a editorial shoot or like a quick like digital set, it could like just be a couple hours, I would say. What's your favorite kind of style of photo shoot? Favorite style? I feel like people really like to dress me up masculine. Interesting. Just, Being like on set and all that stuff. Have you learned anything about like hair or makeup or like clothing, like all that? Sort of. I I do like my very basic makeup, and I'm, I'm not wearing any now, but I, especially at the hospital, I don't wear any because I have such acne-prone skin that I try to stay away from all makeup, but I, I've definitely picked up like a thing or two, but it's more on like the heavier makeup side, but I've kind of, I've... Honestly, I learn more from, like, TikToks for makeup stuff than, <laughs> than I do. Getting oh, my gosh. Fun, but... Yeah, the way that I'm, like, so influenced by a TikTok, like, I'll literally just, like, watch something and then just buy it, like, immediately. I not know, one thought. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's, like, so silly. <laughs> like, I don't even have um, money for this. I don't know why I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's weird because, like, some like if I'm in a store, sometimes I'll agonize over a decision. I'll be like, should I get it? I don't know. But if it's a TikTok, I'm like like getting it like no question yes what would be your dream photo shoot collab with like a certain brand or Ooh, that is a really great question i think in in my dreams i would love to shoot for like chanel like one of their perfumes or like even like a even just like attending a one of their fashion shows would be incredible but oh my gosh like fashion week too would you ever go to like new york fashion week oh absolutely i got invited um two years ago but i couldn't go unfortunately because of med school yeah eventually going would be a lot of fun we'll see do you ever like for example you couldn't go to fashion week with med school does it ever cross your mind that like you're like oh man i wish i like didn't have that or to you is like med school always i guess like the number one yeah, I think, unfortunately, like, I don't want to say, like, it's a better job or anything, but one thing, like, my family always really drilled in me growing up is that even if I didn't get married, they raised me very independent. Like, they want to, like, me to be able to take care of myself no matter what happens to me. And there is a lot of money to be had in modeling, but you have to be very good at it. And, um... Truthfully, like that would be taking a risk. I've always thought about it, um, but I know that I love medicine and I would feel way more fulfilled in medicine than I would in modeling. One last question, too. I know, like, whenever people hear modeling and stuff like that, they always think, like, oh, like the industry is really tough. Um, sometimes modeling, I feel like it has the reputation that it can be catty and things like that. Yeah. Have you ever, like, experienced that, or do you feel like? that's more of a preconceived notion that people have no it's it's bad <laughs> really oh my gosh how do you deal with it then <laughs> um like i said i have really great agents so i'm mm. i'm put in a good position and they know that like i'm busy so that i don't really deal with like all the ins and outs of everything but models that are like working every day and some of their agents will literally ask them like what did you eat today and can you not eat that again tomorrow and and stuff like that and there's just like you know shadiness from you know certain parts of you or I don't know there's just like so much judgment on like superficial things like being a model it's absolutely insane and also like this is also horrible but some modeling events I've been to like people like don't know how to have like substantial conversations it's like mm. this is so painful to be able to like talk to you about like other girls will be like 
oh, did you, like, get with this one male model? Oh, my gosh. And, like, that's literally all to talk about. So, it's, <laughs> it's a very toxic place, and they also, like, party very hard. <laughs> so, I know that that's not what is best for me or my mental health or well-being, so I try to stay away from that portion. I support. I support 100%. Uh, I feel like, if anything, it's kind of cool how you get the best of both worlds, because it's like you get to experience the artistic side and the creative outlet of modeling, but since you're not depending on it for, like, your livelihood, you know? <laughs> like, you don't have to be subject to, like all of that cattiness and toxicity, even though medicine is very much has its like own oh. toxicity and stuff. It's kind of like you also get to choose that more fulfilling, I guess, side with your career and Absolutely. especially with like a future in peds. Yeah. Yes. I'm very excited and I hope to continue, you know, both of them, but realistically like medicine's going to be everything for the next couple of years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to follow along and like see, first of all, like where you match to. Um, I'm so excited for you. You said, was it March 13th and 17th? Like that kind of week? Yes. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, best of luck to you. Let everyone know where they can find you on like Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. So my Instagram is M-A-R-A-S-E-A-T. And my TikTok is Mars, like the planet in space. That's my nickname. Everyone that. calls me Mars. So that's why that's <laughs> anyone has questions. I am always just a message away. Thank you so much for your time. Um, it honestly like means so much that you spent time out of your busy day because I'm yeah. sure you're probably like so tired right now. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you too. Good luck with your practical. Of course. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Fingers you crossed. Got this. <laughs>